Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. On this, one of the most exciting days of the Scottish Rugby calendar, Gregor Townsend has just named his squad for the upcoming Six Nations. In two and a half weeks, we will be going head-to-head against England, playing for the Calcutta Cup. And if that is not excitement enough, Edinburgh are playing Zebra on Saturday lunchtime. What an absolute bloody treat. We're going to be getting into both of those things, obviously slanted massively towards the Scotland squad and the big news involved in that. As ever, I'm joined by Matt and Alan to chew through all the Scottish rugby news. Matt, how are you doing, bud? Yeah, all good here. I'm uh, just sipping on a Tenant Zero, uh, which is part of my whole sort of dry January. And I'll tell you what, it's bloody good. Once again, let's, you know, really push that Tenant's product placement. I haven't actually had any of the Zero um, Tenant as ever. We are an open book if you want to give us um, some sponsorship and send us some cans out. Alan, how are you doing, Freya? Gone to sleep? Freya is asleep. I'm covered in milky sick. Good to go. Buzzing. I'm absolutely buzzing for Edinburgh Zebra at the weekend. Saturday, 1pm, feet up. Can't wait. Absolutely. I think that is the, the feeling of the whole nation. Looking forward to the big one at the weekend. But as we say, uh, Gregor Townsend has named his squad today and we've got a little bit of signing news as well at both ends of the M8. We've got Instagram spats between former players and the SRU to get into. But before we do all of that, a quick reminder of how you can keep in touch with us. That's on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod on Instagram. Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod. Get into the mailbag, the thistle rugby at gmail.com. And if you want to hear from us every week in your inbox, that's the newsletter. Get yourself on the Substack at Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. I'm really happy that um, a few thousand of you are now reading that every week. It's been really, really great. And we're going to be doing, uh, adding a little bit more as we go through the Six Nations. So keep in touch with us on all of those channels um but to kick us off why don't we start with some signing news in glasgow this week irish international fly half recently both um left his contract with benetton ian keatley is coming to glasgow uh, to provide them some cover at 10 until the end of the season matt you're not his biggest fan but do you think this is a decent move for glasgow I wouldn't say anyone's really his biggest fan. I don't think anyone was sort of hailing it as an amazing signing. I totally get it, though. It's a short-term deal. Glasgow don't have a lot of experience in particular at standoff at the moment. With Brandon Thompson obviously going through his form issues, Pete Horn seems to be considered as, as a 12 and has had some injuries. And Ross Thompson, despite doing very well at the weekend, it's still a big ask to... Um, to expect him to sort of steer that Glasgow ship throughout the rest of the season. And 
I think it'll only help his development to have an experienced guy like Keatley there. I, I think he's solid enough, and I think he'll he'll do a reasonable job for that sort of six six month period. Absolutely, and that was very much the sort of messaging that was put out by Glasgow and the SIU that he is there to sort of help bring on um, Thompson, um, particularly during this sort of international period where um, there's going to be an awful lot of emissions from that Glasgow squad. Other news from uh, Glasgow, Sam Johnson, um, I was going to say he is Scotland, a Scotland international, but not in this recent squad, has re-signed on a sort of undisclosed um time at Glasgow but Alan he's been one of those sort of uh, I guess great finds from sort of the lower leagues of, um, of Australian rugby to just sort of uh, to pop up in Glasgow over the last few years and cement himself in the Scottish game yeah it's it's an interesting one and I think if the if the re-signing had been made 12 months ago I think we all would have been a little bit more positive about it and I do think sort of Sam Johnson, especially sort of post-COVID, has looked a little bit off his game, a little bit tired, a little bit slower, both in terms of his his pace, but also just in sort of general kind of uh, his, his broader game. And, you know, I think, you know, ultimately he's got enough sort of cash in the bank to, to definitely sort of deserve that re-signing. And I think he's, you know, he's still going to be... Um, Sort of Glasgow's sort of starting twelve when he comes back from comes back from injury, but I think it, it does feel like the last twelve months his games potentially sort of regressed slightly. Matt, I don't know if you if you agree with that. Yeah, I, I do. When he sort of really cemented himself in the Glasgow squad and became a Scotland candidate, he was a really dynamic player. He was hitting hard in defence. He had a pretty savage fend on him. And we know he's a pretty good distributor of the ball. And I'd arguably say sort of since, maybe since he's been capped for Scotland, actually, I don't think he's put in, apart from that England game, the Calcutta Cup, the draw, apart from that, I don't know if he's actually put in that many great performances for Scotland. And you'd arguably say the same about Glasgow. And and obviously Glasgow have been a struggling team recently. But I think it's a it's a much needed bit of good news uh, for Glasgow in what's been a difficult period to to have someone resign, and I think he seems to have bought into to Glasgow as his home. So I think in the, in that regard, it's it's obviously a positive development. I think on their on their social media channels, they said that there was some more resigning news coming this week, or some more contract news. So. Perhaps he is the first of a few of um, sort of re-signing bits of business that um, they're coming, obviously adding to Scott Cummings, who recommitted his future to um, Glasgow not too long ago. But one man, possibly one of the most talked about men in Scottish rugby, is linked with um, a move to France. Hugh Jones, um, the centre stroke fullback, mostly fullback at the moment, who's looked sort of back to his best in the last few weeks has been linked to um, a move to Bayonne. Uh, I think Jamie Lyle said that it was close but not um, secured. Um, Matt, I'll come to you. He obviously turned down a big money move to Leicester sort of three years ago to commit himself to the SRU. It's probably fair to say the last three years haven't gone as he probably planned or any of us hoped. Would you begrudge him sort of taking a move now to, to the south of France? I wouldn't actually. I I think the the narrative is maybe slightly that he's been mistreated by the SRU and by Glasgow, and I think there are there is merit to that argument. I think the fact that he's playing at fullback at the moment, he's probably not that delighted by it. It, it. You know, it is a way that he's managed to get back into the Scotland squad, but I'd be pretty certain he'd much rather be playing at thirteen. At the same time. You know, it's, I, I don't think it's a one-way street and there, there maybe have been some question marks around his attitude. I don't know if that's fair or not. Uh, but but I think, you know, he's a guy who is still young, but from, from by all accounts has always wanted to play in France. Glasgow isn't the happiest place to be at the moment. Gets a different change of scene. It's By all accounts, Bayonne, southwest coast of France, is a pretty nice place to live and he'll be on a decent packet. I think we'd all 
probably do the same if we were in his shoes. But but I still think it's it's a shame for Glasgow to lose him, and it's it's a shame that really since he's come over to Glasgow, barring sort of a few good performances in Scotland in, in twenty eighteen, he's he's been a bit of a dis- uh, disappointment, really. I think the sort of part of me that isn't that I'm not that gutted about Jones leaving Glasgow. It, it feels like if you know if his sort of what we assume his probable salary is, it doesn't feel like either side's particularly getting out of that relationship what they want. You know, Jones both from sort of like a positional and sort of game development standpoint, and Glasgow. I don't. I don't whilst I think Jones has sort of shown how good a player he is this year, I don't think he's exactly the sort of player that. Glasgow need to be focusing the, the time on. I do think that we would have probably preferred him to go to a slightly better team now. And I'm sure, obviously, you know, Bayon is, you know, in Biritz and it's a pretty sweet place. And I'm sure he'll have an unbelievable lifestyle. It would have been, it would have been really class, though, to see him sort of at one of those kind of top four, five, six French clubs competing in the Champions Cup, whether it be Clermont, La Rochelle, Bordeaux, Toulouse, Racing, etc. Because I do think, obviously, the top 14 can be quite, obviously, super attritional. And I think, but at the same time, you, you want to be competing at the highest, highest level of club rugby. And I think sort of the Champions Cup is that. And he's he's almost certainly not going to get that opportunity being at Bayon. Yeah, so we will closely monitor that. But as you say, he has been recalled into the Scotland squad and we'll be coming on to that shortly to talk about uh, the uh, 35-man squad named by Gregor Townsend for the upcoming Six Nations. One final little bit of signing news is that um, Blair Kinghorn has re-signed at Edinburgh um, again for an undisclosed amount of time. You bet probably a couple of years, but they seem to be getting their head around what their squad's going to look like for the next couple of years. I've had some incoming, obviously, with Lang, um, notably recently. Um, Kinghorn adding his name to that. Matt, we were surprised early in the week that he's only 24 years old. Good to get him tied down. Yeah, I think so. He, he's increasingly a sort of more senior, experienced player at, at Edinburgh, and first pick for at fullback. And and you know, unless Jones sort of finds favour with Townsend over this training camp, sort of that backup to Stuart Hogg, or even potentially starting wing for for the national team. Yeah, no, it's it's really good news. It's it's been a bit of a shame, I'd say, in the last sort of twelve months or so, uh, alongside the the wider Edinburgh squad, he's looked a bit lost, a bit short of confidence. That, I think, has crept into his international game slightly. Although, I th- I think he had some reasonable games during the, the Autumn Nations Cup. I just kind of hope that this this new contract, he, he gets a bit more form back, gets a bit more confidence, and, and Edinburgh find a way of actually utilising him in attack. Because, particularly when he burst on the scene when he when he made his debut for for Scotland against Ireland he was absolutely flying he was a real threat ball in hand uh and it sort of seemed as if he was going to make that that wing jersey his own but yeah it's, it's good news and, and hopefully we can see a bit of a an upturn in his form absolutely um very I think it's very good to get him in the uh in the mix and not not going the I suppose the least amount of disruption you can get in that Edinburgh squad, particularly with Duhan leaving that sort of back three, the better. Um, speaking of members of the back three um, leaving Scottish clubs, Glenn Bryce, who we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, taking up his move to the Guiltinis over in LA, took to his Instagram this week to fire some parting shots against the SRU. Um, I will quote the key extracts from his post. Um, which is quite intriguing and opens up a lot of questions about sort of back uh, backroom dealing at the SRU. It says, I had all the support from Glasgow, but the SRU didn't think it was worthwhile investment re-signing me, which was disappointing after I felt I'd played some great rugby over the last two years. Um, that was then sort of followed up by Rosa Hughes um, commenting, fuck the SRU. Um, Alan, do you think... Glenn Bryce. I mean, what do you think about the whole situation? Obviously, we back. We think his move to the LA is 
is probably pretty good. Do you think Glasgow should have done more to keep him? It's an interesting one. I think we've probably sort of historically not been too positive on Glenn Bryce. And I think he, he, is, he is actually completely fair that I think in the last two years, he's probably played his best rugby. And I think he's performed at a level above what we probably thought he was capable of when we sort of started this sort of three, four years ago. Actually, he sort of became quite, no, it's not like, I wouldn't say a favourite of Rennie, but Rennie clearly like trusted him to play fullback for Glasgow. And I, and I think, you know, I, I'm, I hate confrontation, so I would never do anything like this. But clearly it sort of demonstrates that how kind of passionate he, he is to play for Glasgow and clearly he's just like super gutted. So, you know, it's, I don't, I'm not sure, I'm not sure whether it's the right way to go about it, but I don't think what he's saying is potentially incorrect, but there you go. So what you're saying is the right way to go about it is the Rory Hughes approach. Proper score of death. Well, I, as, I think, as I said, I, I'm, I, I, there's nothing I hate more in the world than confrontation. So I would probably actually send an anonymous email saying, fuck the SOU. Just sort of the, the real coward's way out. Well, I think it's certainly interesting. Quite a lot of conversation on Twitter about this and the sort of the maligning influence of um, the SRU sort of interfering with um, with Glasgow, but I suppose was is if you're looking at this, the makeup of the squads at the moment, and they, I suppose that they're going to be relying on young players coming through. Um, do you think the SRU were just like, look, he's kind of he's never quite kicked on what we wanted at the amount he, we wanted him to. So let's just let him go. He's, he's not worth the trouble almost. Yeah, I, I do see that. But at the same time, if Hugh Jones is going to go to Bayonne and granted this maybe came out that, that news maybe came out after um, Bryce confirmed that he was leaving with, with those guys leaving though, you, you have barely any, fullback options you're you're maybe going to put ollie smith in there maybe going to put rufus mclean but these are completely green guys who are are totally untested so you'd think that bryce bryce would have been happy with a year extension by all accounts he wasn't very expensive i think that you could arguably negotiate his salary downwards for that extra year Maybe Glasgow have other players in the pipeline who they're who they're ready ready to sign, but um, yeah, I, I I I could see some merit in them keeping him. I I understand that appreciate he he wouldn't be a long term bet, but I still think he could have offered something. Well, he certainly has delivered in a little bit of airing of that dirty laundry of Scottish rugby that really sort of is the backbone of this podcast. Um, So thank you very much in that respect to uh, Glenn. Um, That is all we've sort of got on the news front. Obviously, the main meat and drink of the podcast is going to be analysing that Scotland squad, the 35-man squad named by Gregor Townsend today. Um, Shall we start with... Undoubtedly the largest news line of the squad. Cameron Redpath, son of Brian, um, England under-20s cap, currently at Bath, has committed his future to Scotland. I think we've just sort of been joking about it possibly happening um, for the last week or so. And then I think Mark Palmer um, of the Sunday Times put it up first thing that it was to be expected and then it was announced at lunchtime. Alan, how big an impact do you think Cameron Redpath can have on this Scotland squad? Um, I mean, absolutely huge. I think there's been obviously murmurings of how good Cameron Redpath could be for a while. You know, he was at Sebra in an undefeated sort of school team, and then got kind of called up by Eddie Jones to potentially travel with um, with the England squad um, at sort of eighteen nineteen. So. You know his his name's been sort of banded around for a while, and and he sort of seemed to struggle a little bit at Sale, and then has gone down to Bath, kind of made that position of twelve his own, and you know in the matches that I've watched and and, and all the matches that I've sort of read about, 
he clearly seems to have sort of kicked on and you know there's a lot of people chatting about him potentially being a call up to the England squad so you know I think it's a pretty unbelievable capture for for Scotland given that it's a position now that Sam Johnson is injured where we are looking really weak. I think, you know, we've been chatting, we were chatting kind of offline this week about how in two years, centre seems to have gone from being this position of unbelievable strength to what feels like an area of actually quite, it's like big weakness. Yeah, absolutely. So um, he comes straight in. Um, Matt, are you dropping him straight in at 12 for the Calcutta Cup game in two weeks' time? Ooh, that's, that's an interesting one. I, I, th- I get the feeling that Lang maybe still has enough credit in the bank. But if Redpath shows up well enough in, in training, then I, I could potentially see Tanzan playing him. I think, I think the really exciting thing about that is, is Redpath, the people who maybe haven't watched him, he's a kind of standoff slash centre. So he's got really great distribution skills, good kicker, uh, good decision making, um, and I, I can I kind of see him complementing Finn Russell pretty well. I think Lang is a similar player, but we haven't really seen that ability for for Scotland yet. But with sort of Russell Redpath, and it probably will be Harris. I think you've got actually a pretty good balance there of creativity, defensive solidity. I think there are still questions about Redpath's defence, um, and you know potentially if he's up against. Ollie Lawrence, someone like that, it, he could have a difficult day, but I'm, I, I'd be more concerned if it was someone like Manu. So I think he'll go with Lang, but I wouldn't be massively surprised to, to see Redpath get given a shot as a sort of, uh, yeah, a bit of a wild card. I think he's, I think he's starting. I think Tooney's gone straight in a couple of weeks ago and said, if you sign the dotted line, you're a guaranteed star versus England next in a few weeks' time, and Red Red Pass head has been turned. It would certainly be a very very exciting um, sort of midfield partnership. You could see that sort of backline of Ali Price, Finn Russell, Red Path, Harris, back three of Duhan, um, Darcy, and Hoggy. That's quite nice. That's uh, that is a really um, really decent looking backline going into the Calcutta Cup, um, and uh, it was just nice to get some good news, wasn't it, Alan? No, absolutely. I think you know what this the, what this back group of backs does show us, and this is always the kind of the the issue with Scotland is that starting backline you've just outlined, but super super exciting. But once you get one or two injuries to like Finn. Or Duhan, things start to look really bad very quickly. It's like once Fingo, ultimately Jacko just is not close to the level of Finn. Just like I think Byron McGuigan isn't close to the level of um, of uh, Duhan and sort of Darcy. And it's it's just praying that either through injury or hopefully there's no sort of COVID impact that we do get to see that kind of first choice backline out on the pitch. I think I think the halfbacks in that regard are key. I think St- Steele's looked okay for Scotland and, and done pretty well for for Harlequins, but he's still untested. And I think Ali Price has become an increasingly important player. And obviously, with Russell, the drop was massive. But then beyond that, sort of you know, if if Hogg is injured, you get Hugh Jones coming in, or if Harris is injured, you could play Hugh Jones, Kinghorn, and Maitland probably cover the back three ahead of. Um, McGuigan and also the person that I'd actually forgot who I think will start at 12 is if he's fit is uh, Duncan Taylor so I actually think on the whole yeah m- maybe at, at halfback there's there's a bit of a drop off but, but the rest of the squad is I don't know I, I like the look of it interesting um, you mentioned halfbacks obviously Ali Price in there nailed on in the nine jersey, only two scrum halves named in a slightly tighter squad than Tooney's used to. I think mainly due to COVID restrictions and trying to limit the um, cross bubbles between squ- um, club and country. 
but it's Scott Steele that he's um, he's called up as his second. Bit of a journeyman, obviously London Irish, and then currently at Harlequins. We saw a little bit of him on the wing in the win against Wales, but were you interested to see him rather than any of the other sort of names like Sam Hidalgo Klein, for example? I was well, yeah, I was a bit surprised that Sam Hidalgo Klein wasn't in, and I wondered if they felt that if they needed a third scrum half, they could just bring in someone like Henry Pergos, who's already kind of within that sort of SRU bubble, and we're sort of happy with that as kind of the third choice option, so didn't necessarily need to bring anyone else into the camp. It's all been a little bit vague with the language around kind of COVID and what they what they what they're trying to achieve, I think. Well I'm sure Scotland fans, particularly Scotland fans on Twitter, would be absolutely delighted if Henry Pergos was called up to the squad. Some interesting other names moving into the forwards. Um, obviously Rambo Stuart McNally now looks like he's out for the whole Six Nations. Fraser Brown I think he's out for the whole Six Nations as well, if not for the next wee bit. Um, so George uh, George Turner's obviously nailed on the number two jersey. The other options in the squad, Ewan Ashman is, I think, 21 years old, sale player, under-20s cap, and Dave Cherry, who's been in a sort of rich vein of form for Edinburgh. How are you feeling about... How, sorry, let me rephrase that slightly. How big a loss is having one of the two of Rambo and Fraser Brown available, Matt? Yeah, I think it's, it is it is huge. I think in recent months, they've almost been interchangeable and they've been really pushing each other. And it, it tends to be, I find, that when one of them comes in and takes the other's place, they, they kind of step up. Um I think Turner has a lot of strengths. I think that there's few players who are, few hookers out there who are as powerful as him in the loose in particular, in the in his carries and his defence. They're, they're arguably um, sort of superior attributes to, to uh, Brown and, and McAnally. My one concern would be around the set piece, in particular his, his line-out throwing, which I, I think has come under question in the past. Um, that's my one concern, and and also <laughs> he can be a bit hot headed. So I don't know if he's sort of starting in that game against England, getting massively up for it. His his discipline sometimes lets lets him down. I think that the the kind of knock on effect of, of not having those guys is probably the lack of depth that it exposes. I think Cherry's done very well for Edinburgh recently, and and Stewart's looked like a a bit of a prospect for for Glasgow, but probably neither have been tested at anywhere near the level of what it's going to be against England. So if Turner goes down, then Scotland are potentially, uh, you know, having some difficulties. Feel um feel bad for Brown and, and Rambo. I, a, a little bit about with the Lions coming up, I know Senator, there's a lot of ambiguity around what's going to happen with the Lions, but it felt like you know, six months ago they were two of the Scotland players who were very much in the mix for for being in that squad and now both are going to miss the Six Nations and probably not going to be many other opportunities to kind of demonstrate kind of what, what they're about. I mean, the Rainbow Cup, you know, despite... Pro 14 sort of Twitter viral marketing this week feels like it's potentially not going to happen just given kind of the current situation of COVID in South Africa. So it's a, it's a bit sad for those guys because it's probably, you know, potentially sort of the last last two that they're going to be able to sort of um, put their hand up for. But yeah, I think, you know, to to agree with your point on, on George Turner, it feels like, you know, hopefully he's um, he sort of keeps sort of a level head because it's there is that fear that you know that Twickenham away kind of first kind of probably big starting game for him could he can he sort of keep a cool head but hopefully with sort of no fans in there's kind of less of an issue there and and hopefully there's less of an issue from a from a sort of throwing standpoint and you don't have the kind of nerves that potentially sort of quite a hostile away crowd would give you yeah I think so and I remember being at Twickenham when we lost 65 whatever it was and it was Fraser Brown like dump tackled somebody in like the first two minutes and almost like 
possibly should have got red carded. And I just have like a vision of like George Turner sort of going one 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 more and just like absolutely emptying someone off the ball just off like the first kickoff. Um, so it sends shivers down my spine. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You, you and Ashman can't be in the 23, though. Like... How many caps has he has he had for sale? It's got to be single ditch. I, I certainly think so. I think he's, I believe he's well regarded down there, but he is a young lad who's not had a huge amount of opportunity um, at sale. I think there's a couple of people above a couple of people above him in the pecking order. I think it's almost certainly going to be um, George Turner and. Surely David Cherry is your as your second choice just because he's sort of getting a lot of game time for Edinburgh at the moment. That would certainly make sense to me. Um not going on. So he's playing he's playing two two games for sale. One premiership game and one Hanning Cup game from the website. And it's just like I just don't feel like you know, I'm sure he's like a massive prospect, but it, you know, first game of the Six Nations you know, George Turner could very easily go down after five minutes and he's expected to play 75 minutes against England. It, it, it feels quite mad to have him as the third choice hooker when there, you know, admittedly there's not a great pool of people available, but there is players who have got quite a lot of um, experience. Well, I mean, Grant Stewart's in there. He's got... One Scotland cap, two Scotland cap. Yeah, just, just, yeah, just, yeah, just realise that I'll shut my mouth. But, <laughs> but what I was going to say about Grant Stewart, he's in there, but he's not been playing at all for Glasgow. He's not really. He's been missing out on match day twenty threes um, in the recent sort of eighteen seventy two cup games. So I was actually surprised to see him included because I thought he'd kind of dropped like a, a like a stone. I think I think the other thing with Grant Stewart is I think he's a great rugby player and someone who does really well in the loose, but the thing he probably has to improve on are his fundamentals at hooker, so his set piece work, set piece work. And particularly if you know if he's coming off the bench against England, for instance, he's not gonna have many chances to be running out in the wide channels. He's gonna have to really nail his his bread and butter. So maybe you'd see Cherry as a bit of a solider option. He's, I think he's a bit like judging by appearances, he's bigger. So you think he'd give a bit more stability in the, in the scrum. But once again, Cherry's guy who hasn't really had that many starts for, for Edinburgh. But I, I think he was in, he got called up to the Scotland squad as a sort of training member in 2019. So he's had some exposure to that intensity, I suppose, but it, it's still a pretty big step up. Yeah. And hopefully this is just a good experience for, somebody like you and Ashman, who I imagine is sort of earmarked for great things within the SRU. Maybe this is them having a look to see if they want to order, offer him a contract within the, um, the Edinburgh and Glasgow setup in the next couple of years. If he's not getting anywhere with sale in the second rows, nothing hugely surprising Scott Cummings um, and Johnny Gray, obviously you're nailed on starters. You would think Richie Gray comes back into the into the squad. Alex Craig, somebody who Tooney's had a look at a couple of times, would be perhaps the slight outsider. You would say with um, someone like Ben Tulis um, dropping out. Grant um, Grant Grokers is also in there. 
feels like that's you know obviously I, I don't think Ben Tully we would have expected Ben Tully to be starting, but he has kind of started and been in the squads quite consistently over the last two years. So it does feel a little bit like that's quite a, a quite a big change to bring Alex Craig in and drop um, Ben Tullis. And, you know, clearly Alex Craig's young and it's looked good when we've seen him. So, you know, hopefully we might see, see him get a little bit of game time at some point. I get the, the impression that Richie Gray's sort of returned to some form and in particular how well he's done in disrupting the opposition line-out in recent weeks is the thing that's got him the nod over Tulis because I think that Tulis is primarily seen as a very good line-out operator. So if you've got someone like Richie Gray, who we know can maybe add a bit more in terms of particularly bulk at the scrum, then that swap-out makes makes sense to me. So moving into the back row, obviously one of the... Um, bigger talking points is um, the re-inclusion of um, Gary Graham off the back of an amazing start to the Premiership campaign by the Newcastle Falcons, of which he has been a star. He is back in and lots of Scottish rugby Twitter is calling for him to slot straight into that back row between Watson and Ritchie. Matt, are you happy to see him back and would you be starting him in two weeks' time? Yeah, I'm happy to see him back. I think he offers something a bit different. I think that his game is is based on physicality and aggression in the main. And I think he's got a lot of dog in him that maybe the Scotland team doesn't doesn't quite have. I think I remember when we played France, I think it was his debut and he came on off the bench, played France in the Six Nations um, in France when we got an absolute pummeling. But he came on and really took the game to the French. He was in their faces. He was being a nuisance, that sort of thing. And I, I quite like the fact he offers that. He's also pretty versatile, could obviously cover all back um, sort of back row positions. I think Fagerson's still in pole position for the eight shirt, but I would be more than happy to see Graham coming on off the bench for, for those reasons. It feels like I don't know, looking back to the Autumn Nations Cup and Ferguson had that really strong game against France and it feels like he, he's, he's done enough in that Scotland shirt and then with Glasgow in between then to, to still have um, kind of the right to be starting for Scotland. But I think 100% I want to see probably Graham on the bench ahead of Blade Thompson. I think Dubois, he, he kind of covers a lot of that back row and will just bring that kind of real abrasive nature off the bench with about 20, 25 minutes to go. I suppose if he's the interesting inclusion in the sort of the back row discussion of the squad, the biggest exclusion from that would be Exeter's Sam Skinner, someone that's been, you know, in and around that Scotland squad and, you know, pushing for a starting jersey very much in the last few campaigns. Matt, were you, I suppose, were you surprised to see him excluded? Yeah, I was actually. I'm I'm a big fan of Sam Skinner. I think obviously he can cover back row and second row. I think he's always done really well when he's played for Scotland. And whenever I watch him play for Exeter, even though he's maybe not uh, first choice in every every week, I think he is always super impressive. And he sort of matches that physicality with really good uh, sort of ball playing ability. I, I wonder if he has fallen slightly foul of COVID. Uh, obviously, we, we we mentioned the the difficulties in in bringing players uh, from from down south and, and traveling, etc. Maybe Sam Hidalgo Klein falls into that category as well. Um, you know, bringing someone like Gary Graham from from Newcastle is probably logistically a lot simpler than uh, than coming from from Exeter. But it's, it's a shame to see him miss out because I think he can offer a lot, and I I agree with Alan. I think that although Thompson Blade Thompson covers eight. I think that experiment might have run its course. Yeah, he's the sort of the guy that everyone was really, really excited about. But I suppose he's never quite made it through or made a massive impression for one reason or another. I know he's had trouble with concussions, but when he's been given his chance with Scotland, he's never quite, you know, fulfilled the potential excitement um, of that. Um, I mean, 
I think fake. I think I'm with you in thinking that Ferguson's got that eight jersey and deserves that eight jersey. But certainly Graham's an exciting somebody that I think will probably come off the bench. There's not much need for discussion around who's going to be in the six and seven um, jersey. I shouldn't have thought, obviously, with Richie and um, and Watson. Um, is it worth going through a little bit of a? I suppose what would be our starting fifteen for that England match? And um, and finishing up with that just as like a sort of final um, as a final touching point. Sounds good. I do actually have a very mini quiz to do. Oh, do you? So well, let's, we we can rattle through a um, rattle through a squad and then do a quick quiz. Um, front row, I suppose, as we say, George Turner speaks for him speaks for itself. But um, Rory Sutherland and Xander Ferguson. I think kind of picks itself. Yeah, I think so. Pretty happy with that. Agreed. And then Cummings and Gray. Again, I think that front five looks very settled at the moment. Yeah, agreed. I, I, you know, whilst obviously Richie's played well in those those um, kind of eighteen seventy two games, I don't think he's he's done enough to to kind of break through into that starting team. I think it'll be more interesting to see the pick on the bench between sort of him and him and Gilchrist. Yeah, absolutely. I reckon Richie might just um, continue his sort of return to form. He's kind of returned to form ever since we questioned his fitness. So you've got to think he was probably listening that day and he's just been putting in his extras. And I mean, look at him now. Um, congratulations, Richie. Um, as discussed, I think the back row, I, the, the debate would be around number eight, but I think we're all probably aligned on Ferguson keeping that jersey with Richie and Watson. Um as with most Scotland squads, there's not that many debating points. I'll skip over nine and ten because we know that it's going to be Price and Russell. But that centre partnership, I think Redpath and Harris get him capped early, Tooney. Matt, are you sticking with Lang or Taylor? I, I actually think that Taylor will start. I think it's just that experience that he has. And I think that chucking in Redpath on his international debut against England, I don't know. I, I just maybe don't see that happening. I'd be perfectly happy to see it happen because I think it's exciting and it, it would maybe show that they're they're really going out to win the game. But I think they will go with Taylor there. And Harris is, you know, Harris is like the first name on the team sheet with Tooney these days, which I know if you, if you said that to me, you know, a year ago, you know, you'd think it was pretty mad. I think you're Fan fan favorite Chris Harris who just sort of keeps doing his job. I think, as I was saying offline, like Tooney's just sort of like beaten Scotland fans into submission by just like continually picking him. I think like the noise every time he's picked now is is getting sort of ever ever smaller. Well, as we were saying as well, is like I, I don't think Chris Harris has ever had a game where he's sort of you know blown out of the water, been kind of like man of the match but every game he's just sort of so consistent that it just slowly kind of slowly increases kind of probably his standing among sort of the general Scottish rugby population to the point now as you said that not only is it not kind of an issue when he's in the squad but actually I think for a lot of people yeah he would be sort of at least in the first sort of seven or eight names that you put on that team sheet in the first seven or eight names, that is high praise indeed. Um, moving into the back three, I suppose, are we all sold on Darcy, Duhan and Hogg? We've talked an awful lot on this podcast about the benefits that Sean Maitland brings, particularly defensively, to Scotland. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't think Darcy Graham has played particularly well in recent games. And I think against Ireland, his lack of size was maybe showing up a bit. So that potentially opens the door for someone like Sean Maitland to come in. Um, and maybe if you think it's, and even possibly as, as a kind of, kind of horses for courses selection, someone like, Blair Kinghorn just to deal with maybe the England 
kicking game. I mean, I, I'd be perfectly happy to see Darcy Graham there, and he's someone who has caused England problems in 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 recent years. Uh, but but the fact he's maybe not on form at the moment, I I wouldn't be that surprised to see Maitland pick there. Well, we will see, and obviously we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time to preview the first game of the Six Nations. Um, and next week we'll be back to um, talk about Edinburgh's Zebra, of course, the big one. So mark that in your diaries. Alan, do you want to send us off with a little quiz? Yeah, I mean, it, it, is, it is quite bleak, but um, it's a bit of fun. The... Um, so obviously, we're, we're well. I'm assuming um, Matt's not 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 assuming that that Cam Redpath is going to be have his debut in the opening game of the Six Nations in two and a half weeks' time. Over the last three years, there has been five players who have had their debut either as a starter or off the bench for Scotland in the opening game of the Six Nations. And actually, to give you a bit more of a clue. There was one in 2019, there was three against Italy in 2018, and there was one against Wales at the Millennium Stadium in that match um, that we we don't like to talk about. So I'll give you a second to have a little think about who it might be. And once maybe we get past the first couple, I'll I'll start to give a few clues about um, who it might be. Do you want to kick us off? Dave, do you want to kick us off? I was going to say, I think, did Chris Harris make his debut in the game against Wales? No, he didn't. I think he was uh, if I recall, he was called up into the Autumn squad um, just before that Six Nations, actually. Okay. So, no. Uh, yeah. Um, Sam Johnson. Sam Johnson is incorrect. What? I thought he made his debut against Italy in the opening game of the Six Nations. Well, apparently not. You you are correct. Apologies. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I got a complete, I, I had a complete mind blank. Yes, Sam Johnson had his debut at home against Italy in the 2019 Six Nations. You are correct. One point to Matt. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of that Wales game because it was a really strange team. Um it was someone who was on the bench, by the way, in that match. I was it. Um, who's made? I'm I'm really struggling on this. Um, I, I feel like there there was a debut in the last in the in the Scotland Ireland game at the last Six Nations. He was in the starting fifteen. A lot of debate about it. I feel like you've got this. Nick Haining. Yeah, Nick Haining is correct. He was the one debut last year. So you got two two more and from 2019, and they were both on the bench. And then you've got one from 2018 who was also on the bench in the Scotland-Wales game. Do you want to just WhatsApp Dave directly the answers? Because, I mean, that's probably the only way he's going to get it because that Haining one was absolutely ridiculous, and I had it. He's He needs a bit of help, Matt. All right, that's that. We all we know that's how this game is played. Yeah. Right? This isn't um, this isn't about equality. All right. I, I, I think my, my answer is the game. I think, um, which is Jake Kerr. Boom! Yeah, Jake Kerr is correct. He he had his debut off the bench against Italy at home. Dave, you, you want any, anything else? Chuck into chuck into the mix. No, I'm really hungry and a wee bit tired. So, Matt, if you want to clear up the boards, you're very welcome to. I think the the Wales debut was Darcy Grip. Incorrect. Uh, was it Adam Hastings? No, n- neither of them 
were in were in the squad or sort of bro- had broken through. Actually, it was sort of still sort of it was Tommy and Byron McGuigan actually were the starting wings with Maitland on the bench, um, and then you had Peter Horn coming ten. It was a forward coming off the bench. He's quite tough. <laughs> a prop. McCallum? Yeah, McCallum. Yeah. And then the, the one of the debut against Italy is... Wait, 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 wait. wait, I think I've got it. Wait. Yeah. Was it Gary Graham? It was Gary Graham. That's pretty big. That's, that's very good knowledge, to be fair. I thought it was maybe Batty, but I think he played in 2018. Yeah, he did. Well done. Great stuff. Yeah, very well done, Matt. I'm uh, really happy to sit back and listen to that um, because I, I, I just couldn't get my brain in gear. But, you know, we're just gearing up towards, you know, the Six Nations. I think I've got a quit, at least one quiz win within me um, over that time. Um, so, as I say, we will be with you absolutely every week now through the Six Nations, looking forward and building up to that Scotland Grand Slam, which we know is coming every single year. Um, so you can catch us on here. So subscribe, leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Um, sign up to the newsletter on Substack, Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast on Substack. Um, follow us on Twitter. We live tweet all of the games. Um, so that's at Thistle Rugby Pod. And on Instagram, that's where we put all our sweet memes, making fun of the Scotland team when they obviously lose. So that's Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod. And then for your rants and raves where you just have got nobody to speak to, that's the mailbag, the thistle rugby at gmail.com. That's where we want to hear from you. Um, but until next time, we will uh, speak to you soon. Cheers. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.